1: Welcome to the Roden Podcast. Stay tuned to hear all things LFC.
0: Hi everyone and welcome to Season 3 of the Roden Podcast. Today I'm joined by Peter Scarf. Peter is the Chairman of the Hillsborough Survivors Support Group Alliance, otherwise known as the HSA. Thanks for joining today, Peter. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good. I just wanted to bring you on. Just obviously with the aftermath of, well, obviously everything, but also with what's happened in the last couple of days, um, which we will get into. But for any listeners, I want to just give you an overview and why me and Peter had actually sat here today talking about this. So in 1989, semi-final, the FA Cup, Liverpool Football Club were due to play against Nottingham Forest to decide who was going to reach the final. It was at Hillsborough Stadium in Sheffield, and on this day, the unthinkable happened and too many people, in general, lost their lives in what can only be described as a disgraceful police operation on a day. What was the follow in the aftermath of that, we couldn't imagine. A newspaper covering their front page with stories that were totally untrue and the government and the police covered up how and what went on, which in turn led to the death of 97 people. So in 2016, the report came out which proved the Liverpool fans were right all along and that basically the lies that have been told for so many years was just utter nonsense, which, again, we all knew about. Peter, tell the listeners, why was this alliance started up? So for anyone who doesn't know what the alliance is, it's the, Peter is the chairman of the Hillsborough Survivors Support Group Alliance.
1: Obviously, Hillsborough, 34 years ago, um it was an era where mental health was a bit of a taboo. You didn't talk about it. It was one of those where it was head back, you know, shoulders back, and get on with your life. Um, But, of course, as you know now, you know, more and more people are, you know, showing symptoms of mental health and and PTSD. And, of course, the the thing with Hillsborough is, although it it did happen 34 years ago, it's still raw for us Hillsborough survivors. Uh, And, of course, it's one of those things that will never, ever go away. Um, it's, it's brought up, it's, it's trending on social media every day. It's brought up every day. It's, it's something that, um, it's basically the, the head of the scab is being picked off regularly. And of course, what happens on Saturday at an all Manchester FA cup final, Liverpool fans were brought into it with the, the, you know, unbelievable shirt that he was wearing i mean how he managed to get into that stadium with that shirt on and not be challenged is just beyond me i mean as soon as we seen it i sent an email direct to the fa obviously sent the image and the fa acted upon it straight away whether they were acting on it beforehand i'm not too sure but they they acted upon it straight away they got security involved they recognized the um bar that he was studying Because obviously they they just looked at the image, recognised where that bar was and knew what part of the stadium he was in. So as soon as he'd gone into the stadium to watch the game, that's when security went in after him, found exactly where he was, uh, pinpointed him on CCTV, staff moved in and then the police came in and arrested him. So uh, how he thought he'd get away with wearing something like that is just unbelievable, but the pain the anxiety it's caused i mean i've i've spoken to family members today uh who lost one lost a brother and one lost a dad um and the you know the pain and the anguish it's caused for them and then of course we've got everyone in our group who's the same i mean it we look after people every weekend every week every day of the week there's always somebody who needs a little bit of support our, our whatsapp groups always very very active and of course We've had anniversaries this year, we've had anniversaries of Stade de France, which we did a lot of work on, on Stade de France as well. And then of course you get this, you think this is it, it's the end of the season. No more hate chants, no more hate comments, no more trolling on social media. This is a FA Cup, all Manchester final. Hmm. We're going to be neutrals watching this. And It was one of those games where I wasn't bothered who lost. But well, I wish both of them could. And then, of course, that happened. And, of course, it, it just ruined everything. There's no way you could settle. There's no way we were allowed to settle. We were you know, straight away supporting people, contacting the people that we needed to contact to make sure that action was taken. Uh, and then you know, choosing the right words to, to tell people. Oh, don't go on social media. Don't start venting. Don't get angry. You're only punishing yourself by being angry we'll deal with it in the the proper manner i asked members of our group to write impact statements of how they actually felt and we sent them all off to the fa and they've now been forwarded to the ceo of wembley and they will be going direct to the uh, metropolitan police so fingers crossed the red out in court because they're really really powerful the damage it's caused is just it's shocking you just wouldn't believe there's going to be
0: people that come out with absolute nonsense comments. So, how do we know he's not referencing the points? All this, let's just say bollocks, because that's what it is. Um, how did he get near the ground? How did he get in the ground? And how did he stand in the ground is beyond me. Because, you know, we've, there's decent human beings out there. There's not only people from down south, but also people from Manchester that will be tarnished with this as well. Um, I have no idea. I've I've got no idea,
1: and how he if he gets away with it, worst case scenario, what can be done? I don't think he'll get away with it. I it's I mean obviously it's common knowledge. It's all over social media. He's a right wing activist. What he's done was deliberate. You know, he's, he's targeted Hillsborough families. I mean, when one of the statements that I'd received, I, which was from our vice chair, and my view as well was. He wanted us to die. Mm. Us who survived, he wanted us to be on that number of, you know, more than ninety-seven. You know, he wanted me. He wanted me dead. He wanted Diane dead, and he wanted so many other fans to die in that stadium. Why? Why? Why would anyone want that? Wish that upon anyone? You know, it, without going into detail about what he is, who he is, and how he goes about his daily business, you know that that's there on on. Social media, Anyone can read that. So I'm not going to judge him on that. I'm judging him on what he did, what he wore on that day. It was a conscious decision. You think, well, how did he get in the stadium? My theory on that is he's travelled to Wembley in the morning time. He's probably wearing a really light jacket, got through the turnstiles, Mm -hmm. took the jacket off in the bar, and there's the T-shirt for all to see. I know the weather was great, and people are saying, well, you know, he probably didn't. And then, of course, the... Usual as you you know you swore so I can, uh, the bullshit that he's referencing, 2018 when we didn't win the league on 97 points, 97 points wasn't enough. What a load of poppycock that is! What a load of balls! Why would a Manchester United fan have that on his shirt? Yeah, Manchester City fan maybe, but a Man United fan no you know, he's he's praising his rivals for beating us in the league now it's 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 balls utter balls and
0: obviously you've sent your email to the chairman of Wembley the ceo of Wembley what are you fully, what are you expecting to hear back from that
1: see i i sent it to the fa the fa have yeah. sent it to the the ceo of um, wembley so they'll act upon it they'll send it to the police we're hoping to hear something back from the metropolitan police ourselves we're hoping that because he's got a court date, we're hoping that our statements are read out. And if they wish for somebody to appear in the court, then, of course, there's plenty of people who, who will go down and make statements and read out their own statements. But the statements are powerful enough. And yeah. to be honest, I don't really want one of my um, members of, of HSA sitting in the court and listening to the tripe that he's going to come out with and have yeah. to put themselves through that. I really don't. But I yes, I'm willing to go to court, and I'm willing to read out statements and then um, you know def- defend us basically.
0: Obviously, his details are plastered everywhere. So regardless of what happens, not that I'm making sure that this does happen, but I can't see him getting off lightly regardless. So what will be will be with that. So tell us a little bit more about the alliance. Then obviously you said you got your likes of WhatsApp groups. You've how how long has this been set up, and who who turns to you guys? Well, we we set this
1: up in 2019, officially. Uh, we've become a, a non-profit organisation. Uh, we fundraise, when actually we're not funded. We fundraise to pay for people to go for private therapy, uh, therapy that's running at 98% success. So it, it's really, wow. really helping people move forward with their lives. Obviously, we're, we're very little known. Not Not a lot of people know about us. When you think about we've sent nearly 200 people for therapy, at such a high success rate we have a turnover because obviously people leave the whatsapp group once they feel strong enough to move forwards with their lives uh, we have a turnover probably around about 140 people in our whatsapp group and that's just one of our groups we have several and mm-hmm. um, we have one for Stade de france uh, we have a banter for just for football basically um, but we have peer support groups for people who are really struggling. They have a one-to-one or maybe three-to-one where we'll have three volunteers look after this one person and Annie can reach out or she can reach out at any time, you know, night or day, there'll always be someone there for them. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, we're, we're doing really, really good stuff. And as I said before, we're non-funded. But when it came to Stade de France, and, of course, there was... Uh, two suicides after Stade de France um unfortunately the Liverpool foundation stepped up and they they gave us a pocket of money to use uh, we set up a a separate peer support group for Stade de France more or less 15 minutes or so before kickoff and by the time a uh, half time came there was 45 people on that group and then of course the, as I say Liverpool foundation funded some of the therapy that when we were needing to send people for different forms of counseling uh, which again it's it's different to the therapy that we've designed because our therapy is for complex ptsd which is obviously from basically 34 years ago is when our trauma happened and of course over them 34 years different things have happened in our lives so that one trauma we had becomes suppressed by other traumas as in bereavements, loss of family members, accidents, all sorts of different things. But when it comes to Stade de France, France, it was raw. Mm. It was a raw emotion, it only just happened. We had to wait uh, four to six weeks before we knew exactly who needed help there and then. And and it's unfortunate, but you don't know what PTSD is or if, if anyone's struggling with PTSD until after four to six weeks. As if they're still struggling they're still having flashbacks nightmares anxiety attacks then they need help um, but most people when they have a trauma in their lives or they witness a trauma over a period of four to six weeks the you know the anxiety starts to ease the the trauma starts to become more of a, a just a bad memory a flashbacks nightmares them kind of things all stop But for some, they don't. And they're they're the ones where we were ready. We were picking up the pieces, sending them to a triage psychotherapist who then forwarded them on to -to one-to-one therapy. Um, Very successful. And then, of course, that that money that we got from the foundation, which was substantial, but not enough, um, run out. And we ended up having a meeting with the FA over a documentary that we'd done. And um, the FA stepped up and they've give us funding as well. So it's managed to send more people for therapy because of Stade de France.
0: That's good. So obviously for people who are listening, in reference to the Stade de France, the Champions League final, Real Madrid and Paris, we all know what went on that night. We now know even more so that it's out there in the media and there's been brilliant media coverage on this. Finally some actual good media coverage for Liverpool Football Club, by the way. I was there that night and the events that took place, not only outside the ground but in looking out. I mean, it's obviously it's not a touch on what could have happened, which is scary enough to say. How much did this bring back stuff for obviously people part of your group, let's say? Because I know for me that coming on from there, I or when the match was on, I wasn't even bothered about the match. Um, mm. And a lot of people were in the same boat in that ground. Liverpool fans are known to be bouncing. They're known to be like absolutely up for it behind the team and everything. But there was just a weird atmosphere inside that night, and I, I can't explain it because I, I just I just can't explain it. Coming out the ground, the the stuff that was going on afterwards and stuff. It was it, it's just a disgrace to be fair. But did you get a lot of? Let's I wouldn't say backlash because that's not the right word I'm looking for. But did you get a lot of? Memories brought back, not only for yourself but for everybody else.
1: Yeah, re triggers, major. See, major. Yeah. see, so, so the thing is, with, with obviously you were there, but you're far too young to have been around for Hillsborough. So obviously we've got members of our group. There's, there's, you know, there's twenty five thousand Liverpool fans at Hillsborough.
0: My dad was there, and uh, to be honest with you, I've never, ever, ever had a conversation about it. It's, it's just back of the mind.
1: Yeah, they won't open up about that. Not, a lot of people, that's how they deal with it. The thing with with Stade de France was that there was major re-triggers and anyone that was at Hillsborough have got the lived experience of how to deal with that situation. And that's why people didn't die on that day. That's yeah. why the, the crowd stayed calm. Because there's people with the lived experience who knew that if we panic, people will be crushed. And they kept people calm. And I'm not just talking about Hillsborough survivors and family members who have that lived experience. They're children. The next generation, like yourself, you know. I know obviously you haven't been told by your dad of his experiences, but you know what happened to Hillsborough. Yeah. You've got an idea of what happened. So you know that we need to stay calm. We need to stay together. We need to abide by whatever's going on and and trying unify it and stay calm now of course the, the thing with with Stade de France and it, and it's coming out it will come out the getting sent through the underpass starting to kettle the crowd bottlenecking where they were putting the vans a uh, bumper to bumper where it was narrowing it to to two at a time getting through. Closing turnstiles, come on, these are modern day turnstiles. They weren't broken, they were closed. Yeah. Uh, turnstiles weren't working at Hillsborough. The crowds were bottlenecked at Hillsborough. They were sent through an underpass, which is very similar to when we were sent down a tunnel. There were so many different things that the triggering it. And then, of course, the behavior of the police. Uh, that was the kind of behaviour that we had to deal with. You know, obviously, for me, I feel like it was, it was a carbon copy from the stuff that I've been sent. Yeah. With, you know, photographic images, videos. Everything was carbon copy. It was almost like they've they've read the text of what happened to Hillsborough and they've copied it. One of our directors, Stuart, he went to the stadium in a different route. He went yeah. over over the top he didn't go on the underpass he he actually i think he jumped off another a stop further on from, on the metro and when he got to the turnstiles he's not he's not stupid you know what i mean he and he understands a little bit of french and when they scanned his ticket the the machine comes up invalid wrong turnstile but in french mm. so it's it's saying it's stating that he's at the incorrect turnstile they're telling him that it's a fake ticket. And he's going, no, that says incorrect turnstile. So they scan it again. They tell him again it's a fake ticket. He, he argues the toss again. So in the end, one of the stewards, one of the staff members, they scanned theirs and let him in. And it was to get him out of the way, obviously to shut him up. But yeah. he stayed the opposite side of the turnstile, telling people, it, it says that it's you are going through the wrong turnstile that's all it is it's the wrong turnstile and of course they moved them on then uh, now he witnessed other things he witnessed inside the stadium and he's got footage of it. When people made their way to their seats there was an area where people had gone in and he shut the gates behind them and then locked them.
0: Yeah so I got I got in the ground um met a friend we had a drink toilet, went down to our seat as I went to come back up the steps to get another drink they locked me out I couldn't get I couldn't get back out to the concourse so obviously you've got the thing going on on the screen telling you that due to late arrivals and stuff and then you've got a gate getting locked and you're thinking what the hell is going on so then you're arguing with people who don't have a clue what you're saying or pretend in some cases so I show him my ticket and he takes my ticket off me and wouldn't give me a back. Yeah. And they're saying, go back to your seat, go back to your seat. And you just couldn't do nothing and you didn't know what was going on. You, you had no idea. So then obviously you get a bit of squabbling, you get a bit of argument. No one knows, like, explain what's happening, what's happening. And then you're seeing people climbing over the fence, clearly not Liverpool fans, getting into the where you're trying to sit. Yeah. It was...
1: Yeah, I mean, even that, because uh, one of one of the guys from our group, when he managed to get into the stadium after having a lot of trouble down in the um, fan zone, he taken our flag and he had it stolen from him and he chased him down and got it back. Uh, but, of course, a lot of persuading because it's it's a Hillsborough flag, it's not a Liverpool flag, but he was trying to use it to get in and, he, and obviously, he climbed over. And then when when this guy finally got into the stadium, There was people sitting in his seat. They were in English. And he thought, do you know what? I'm not even going to challenge them. He just sat down. He was in a daze anyway. He just sat down and and obviously didn't pay any attention to the game. He just sat on one of the steps. Um, And a lot of people didn't watch the game. And, of course, the the ripple effect of this is it gets out to the players as well. And I, I felt in the second half the Liverpool players had lost heart anyway. the worries about family members outside you've seen jason mcateer you've seen what it did to him because of what happened to his wife Uh, then of course there's you know there's other players who've given their friends and family tickets and they're worried about them outside and it's got to have an effect on you it really has i'm not making excuses because we should have stuffed them anyway uh, you know whatever will be will be, uh, but yeah, the, what happened in in Paris was just absolutely shocking. And although obviously there's there's different solicitors who are involved in this who, who are fighting for for people, it's accountability. People think that Liverpool fans. Especially, you know, Manchester and so on, on London clubs and all that. Do you think we're, we're after compensation? But it's not; it's accountability. It's something we never got thirty four years ago. And if we can get accountability now, then it's like, well, I told you so. We didn't get it last time. We're going to fight for it this time. And it isn't money. It's, I, I, I'm telling you now that the people that went to Paris, who paid good money for their tickets, and as you know, they went cheap. No. They've donated that to us when they've had the refund, and there's quite a few of them that have done it. Um, some have done it anonymously; they just paid in through PayPal, and some have emailed us for bank details so that you know we we get the, the lot and the percentage taken from us. So it isn't about money; it it's about accountability, uh, and you know someone's got to be accountable for for what happened. It's shocking. It was shocking the way the, the police were were, you know, in the fan zone as well. I mean, yes. it's something where people are falling down and not being able to to get a solicitor to back them on this because someone's liable for what happens in the fan zone. The police went in there mob-handed, gates were closed, so one, once you were inside that fan zone, you weren't getting out, or there was only one or two ways out. And you know police moved in there mob handed they started you know getting really aggressive with fans tear gas pepper spray you name it and then of course you've got the locals who were attacking people stealing mobile phones stealing wallets sunglasses you name it everything was I say our flag was was stolen but managed to get it back A uh, Stuart he had his phone stolen but fortunately the younger lads that were with him could run <laughs> and he got <laughs> uh, a friend of mine he he managed to get into the stadium and then of course when he came out that's when he got pepper sprayed but then the police used the truncheon across his back and pushed him out of the stadium out of the concourse and uh, in a direction where he wasn't sure where he was going he was a bit disorientated because he was being sprayed in the face anyway and he sat down, and of course, he's trying to focus. He's rubbing his eyes, and he's, he's looking on his phone because he had no idea where he was. He'd been separated from everybody. And then this gang of local youths are coming towards him, tooled up. To, he, he knew. He's he seen, you know, obviously, hand down the front of the pants, and, but they've got things under the jackets, and they're coming towards him. And he feared for his life. He got up off the floor because, obviously, he's checking his phone. Um, and he's thinking, I've got nothing for them to steal. They're going to attack me here. I don't know what to do. And with that, there was a, a group of Real Madrid fans walking past. And they go, oh, my friend, my friend. And they grab hold of him and they pull them into the middle of, of the group of Real Madrid fans. So then they're like, come on, come on, you know, towards the local youths. And there was more of them. So the youths backed off. Wow. But then he's still in fear because this is Real Madrid fans and I'm a Liverpool fan. In a Liverpool ship, what am I going to do? And uh, one of them spoke, obviously, spoke a bit of English. And he, he says, you from Liverpool? And, and Dave's, yeah, 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 from Liverpool. And he goes, we, we walk you back to your hotel. And he's saying to them, um, I don't know where I'm staying. I've no idea where I'm staying. I'm trying to get hold of my friend. So they walked into the Metro. And of course, the Metro was on strike, there was no trains. And one of them, because obviously he could speak a little French, contacted an Uber for him and got him back to his hotel. Now, he was one of the lucky ones. There was some that, you know, they, they just got attacked.
0: Me and Peter now discussed the FA Cup final and, you know, the actions and the repercussions for the guy who wore that disgusting shirt. My question on the day was, do we think the FA have acted on this because it's spiralled out of control on social media or do we think they've acted on this knowing the fact that yourselves and other people have contacted them straight away? I know this could just be a bit of both, but social media is a big thing, isn't it? And for that to have been doing the rounds the way it was?
1: No, it's the the FA acted straight away. Um, Security acted straight away um Metropolitan Police acted straight away uh what's it called Wembley staff they all acted immediately they started to search for this guy uh we we had a meeting with the FA late last year uh going into we had obviously we've been correspondence with them early this year as well and um they've made massive changes massive For the first time in 34 years, we've got the FA supporting us and helping us. uh, And they've acted, they've acted in a very, very positive way. I mean, they've, they've indirectly funded us for therapy, they've they've given money to um, the Liverpool Foundation for us to draw down to help people access therapy. They contacted Sky to lower the away volume when they start singing hate chants, it was the FA who contacted Merseyside police when that statement went out at the Derby for uh, zero tolerance to hate chants. They knew about and supported the Nottingham Forest group with the banner that they put up. Uh, Now, that was born in one of our meetings. We had a meeting at Hotel Anfield because we couldn't get in the stadium and nottingham forest fans came up we had a discussion over what what they could do they wanted to do something I had a discussion they came up with the idea of a banner and spirit of shankley endorsed it. they helped pay for that banner as well and uh, the banner went on display and as you well and truly know it got a standing ovation yeah um the guys who did it, obviously, were petrified because they thought they are going to get massive backlash. They thought they might get it off their own fans as well, but they never. It was a huge success. And, of course, I was at the Arsenal game um, and the Arsenal fans were amazing. They were yeah. absolutely amazing. There wasn't a single hate chance. They sung like proper football supporters. It they was a proper backed, away end, wasn't it? Yeah, they backed their team right through the whole game. And, of course, you know, we were 2-0 down and they were singing and we were felt like shit, but we were singing back. <laughs> and, then of course, I, I was very fortunate because I've written to the club about this. I wanted to be able to, for someone from our group, to experience the rail seating, safe standing. And um, we never got anything back. We never heard anything back from them, which I was quite surprised about. And then, of course, I managed to get two tickets for the Arsenal game. My son and I went, and we were in the car at the back where the railed seat is, the safe standard. So I got to experience it. And I've got to say, and I'll say to any Hillsborough survivor who's worried about going back to the game. Is it safe? Yes, it's very, very safe. It's an amazing experience. I was there with the choir, so we were singing, singing our heads off. I mean, I lost my voice singing a uh, Liverpool song. There was certain songs that I wouldn't sing, but there was a lot that I did, <laughs> um, and it was a great, great atmosphere. It was fantastic. Uh, and there's been quite a few games like that, but there's been an awful lot. Like I was at the Leicester City game and. I mean that that, again the the chance they're horrendous absolutely horrendous i was i mean i'm hoping that the guy who was sat behind me will be watching this at some point Uh, i was in the main stand i was on a friend's ticket and there was a a guy behind me and of course next thing is leicester city starts singing always the victims the the sign on all you know all the usual stuff and then the murderer's chance come out. And he was furious. He was so angry. He was he was effing and blind. And he never said anything untoward. But he was he obviously was angry. He was swearing. And I turned and I spoke to him briefly. And I just said to him to, to calm. Um, I'll explain to him why. So because we are dealing with this, and we were already in talks with the FA, we knew what was gonna happen, laws are changing um and uh, I managed to speak to him at, at the final whistle and he turned around and said that his dad was a Hillsborough and he was explaining how it affected his dad he he gave uh, evidence at the inquest and he was in floods of tears and I had me HSA badge on. I've got my yeah. t-shirts on now. I, t- I took me me badge off me pin badge and I, ge- I gave it to him said to me, oh, I went, If you need to get in touch, obviously we're easy to find. There, there's there's my badge. And he's going, Oh no, no, no. He introduced me to his dad and, and it was all hugs and handshakes, and um it, it was just dead, dead emotional. Explain to him what we're doing, explain to him the, the law is going to change. It's it's coming in 23, 24, so it comes in next season. Um at the moment it's a public order offence but it will be treated exactly the same way as the racist and homophobic chants. So they will act and they will punish people for it. Uh, But again, you know, you you look at some clubs, some supporters are horrendous. And I think the worst, obviously, we heard recently was the um, Chelsea fans and BT let them sing as loud as they wanted to. And of course we heard it at home. It was horrendous. Um Manchester City, That, that yeah. well, you know what they like. they just yeah. even the players, even the coach, you know, for for him to you know, defend them after what they were singing, you know, defending them for it, and and you think, hang on. But this is see, this people don't realise, but that's where it begun. Because if they can get away with it, then it becomes a free-for-all for for everybody else. And it's obviously been increasing more and more because no one's being punished. So hopefully now more and more people will be punished. I mean, I think they're going to throw the book at this guy. They're going to make an example of him. Uh, One, because of his background anyway, but two, you know, highly offensive shit that was highly offensive i mean the the hate it's caused so many of us um myself included and of course what people don't realize is i'm a hillsborough survivor diane's a hillsborough survivor we're having to pick up the pieces we're the ones who are having to support people over the weekend and of course you've seen the weather it's amazing and you want to enjoy time with your family and we haven't been able to because she's having to basically deal with Twitter and I'm having to deal with people on WhatsApp. And of course I'm getting emails and I'm also getting um, media contacts because obviously I've been contacted by uh, BBC Northwest. I was on Radio Merseyside the other morning. Um, So yeah, there's there's a lot going on on that side of it as well. And it's, yeah, you know, we do this voluntary and we're having to give up time that, you know, invaluable time really that we'll never ever get back.
0: 34 yeah. years later. It, I just, I just don't, well, like you said, certain things have brought this back out to, to the attention of people. They're singing and this chanting and stuff. And thankfully, Leicester have been sent to the championship because, of, you know, although that's not justice, that's one of them things where you think I haven't got to listen to it against them because I was at their, their grounds, um, a couple of years back, we got beat 1-0 in between Christmas and New Year. I had my lad with me, four or five years of age at the time. And the whole ground was singing it for maybe 60, 70% of the game. Why am I explaining that to my five-year-old lad? Why mm-hmm. they're singing that song? What is what is it they're singing that? Well, don't worry about that, mate. I'll explain that to you when you're bigger. You don't need to hear that now. And yeah. I just, I honestly, I, I just can't get over that. We're still talking about this. Um, so, obviously, that's coming into play next season. But the question people will ask is, well, why is it coming in next season? Why can it have come in earlier?
1: Well, it kind of did, didn't it, really? I mean, obviously, the Derby, people were arrested. Nottingham Forest game, there was people arrested. Not when they played at Anfield, but when we played them in the FA Cup the season before. There was someone arrested in the stadium there. Um, again, we made impact statements and the guy was banned. Uh, again, public order offence. So they do know. They know that they can do something. They they can act upon it, and they will be. They will definitely be doing it. So so yeah, they have started too, um, but it's only started to gather pace now. I know, of course, yeah. we waited, but of co- it's like everything, isn't it? When it comes to Liverpool, we just have to wait till till the last thing. It's it's, it's you know. I'm not, I don't even want to go into it, but really when you look at the likes of Britain's Got Talent and, of course, the the, the, the boom, the kids who done the dance for Anne Williams, and it was pulled from the programme, and you wonder why. It's politics. That's why it's been pulled out. Yeah. But if they'd let them in or they hadn't have pulled it the way they did, more and more Liverpool people from Liverpool would have been watching that show rather than boy, boycotting me.
0: What message do you have for anyone out there? Who even thinks of opening the mouth or thinks of putting these t-shirts on? Does the hand gestures at the match? Anything as such?
1: What message have you got for them? Think before you do it because you'll be ejected from the stadium. You know you're looking at bands, definitely without a doubt. And um, one thing that we're pushing for is that these people are—they need to be—they need to face us. They need to be whether it's like an awareness course or something but they need to face survivors and i'm happy to pull a panel together for them to sit in front of people who won't lose the rag but will educate them because that's what they need they need to be educated but it needs to stop they don't realize the damage it's doing we lose too many people too many people are taking their own lives because of having to relive their trauma it's not just because of Paris. We've had a couple this year, as as you probably already heard, who've taken their own lives by suicide. We had some last year as well. And it's never ending. And, and if we can stop that, we will. If we can prevent people taking their own lives, we will do it. Uh, we're easy to find. We're, we're obviously Twitter, Facebook. Um, we have a website as well. Uh, so and we're there. We're not just there for people who were caught up in in Hillsborough 34 years ago. We're there for people who were caught up at Stade de France. We're, were there for anyone who's affected by Hillsborough in no matter what way it was. Whether you were staff, whether you're a family member, whether you were um, the next generation, and your parents had gone through it. We're there. Were there for you, and, and we will do whatever we possibly can to help. would um, yeah, they had hey, a chance. The hate slayers, the, the tweets, the lot, they, they've got to stop. And, of course, um, Lou's got the third person to court, so this, this guy's going to be charged for it. And you know, hopefully we've got this guy in court on the 16th and he'll be charged as well for the shirt. So, yeah, really, we need to make sure that people know that we're not going to let this one slide. Right.
0: I just want to thank you for your time today, Peter. Okay. This, is, this has been a difficult one for me because... Obviously I wasn't there on the day, but I'm trying to educate myself as the days go on and as the years go on because obviously we've you guys have lived through it. Um plenty of people have and we've lived through it being around these people also. And, you know, I take my hat off to you and everyone in the group and the alliance that are that are still working hard to this day to make sure people are aware and, you know, actually be there for people because people are on their own now and they need people like you. So there's gonna be plenty of people that just want to shake your hands especially myself thanks again mate and thanks for taking
1: your time out for this no worries no worries and if you know if you ever wanted to do a recap another one by all means get in touch because they uh, happy to get the message out there and, and even pro- progress we'll just see how we got on and um, talk about it again all right good to meet you anyway nice to meet you peter okay. all right see ya bye now bye
0: for anyone who's listened to today's episode and you've never spoke out before and you do feel like you do need to speak to someone please reach out to HSA because what they're doing is absolutely phenomenal um, you know there's there's people out there that are, are scared to speak up and in the past in different circumstances I've been one of them and I know how good and how helpful it is to just speak out, um, obviously this is different circumstances and I will never understand deep down as much as I know what happened that day but yeah please reach out to hsa um twitter instagram email phone i'll post the links on the links for the podcast so thanks again one last message justice for the 97 you'll never walk alone
1: thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast and thank you to our amazing guests without them this wouldn't be possible don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the roadend pod, and on Instagram, Instagram slash the roadend pod.
0: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count.